Well, hello, beauty mavens. It's Rachel O. Beauty, and welcome to Hair School. Class is officially in session, and this week we're talking to celebrity hairstylist Gabrielle Corny. Listen, this episode definitely has some gems about her work with New York Fashion Week, her how she got her first celebrity gig, and she also shares a little bit about her personal life and being a teen mom. Gabrielle is so inspiring, and I'm so happy that our paths crossed years ago. We both worked in the beauty industry. I first met her as an influencer, and I followed her ever since. She's a kind spirit, and she's always sharing her love for texture in the cosmetology industry. I hope that you guys enjoyed today's interview, and please share. Thank you. Class is in session. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Hair School. Welcome to Hair School Podcast with Rachel O. Beauty. Today, I'm super excited because I have Gabrielle Corny. And Gabrielle is an amazing, amazing talent hairstylist in our industry. Thank you so much, Gabby, for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know that you just finished working New York Fashion Week, so your girl's definitely doing her thing. Tell us a little bit about New York Fashion Week before we get into your actual interview and learning about your career journey. Oh my gosh, Um, New York Fashion Week is epic. It's always epic with a side order of hectic. (laughs) (laughs) You had a good time though, good shows? Yeah, we definitely had a time. I was only able to do one show um, this go around, but it was Kristen Siriano, so... Need I say more? He is brilliant. And the show was absolutely beautiful. I worked with uh, Tressa May um, for Lacey Redway. And okay. this is my, I want to say, fourth year, either third mm-hmm. or fourth year working with um, them under Lacey. And we always have a good time. So, yeah. Well, Thanks for asking. Exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. I was trying to get you, you know, we biz, both of us, busy moms, like I know. busy stylists. I, I was like, oh, New York Fashion was super cool. So I'm sure we have many people that are listening and maybe they've always, you know, thought about the opportunity to be able to do New York Fashion Week. So let's let's just go back and talk about your cosmetology journey. What is your your earliest memory of like knowing you had a gift a talent anointing, whatever you want to call it, and you wanted knowing that you wanted to make uh, cosmetology your career. I was 15 when I discovered that I was kind of like a natural at it. Um, mm-hmm. My neighbor, she's my childhood friend, had some braids done, and looking back at it, it's like, ooh, they probably could have been done a little bit differently because they kept falling out of her hair and. She kept asking me to help her put them back. But I'm like, I don't know how to do that. But once I jumped in it, I was literally a natural. I just kind of knew how to do hair. So, yeah, that's that's where it all started. I was 15. I was in high school. Wow. Okay. So you graduated high school. And then did you immediately go to cosmetology school? Or what was your, what was your plan after you graduated high school? Did you, did you have a plan? So I graduated high school ish. <laughs> okay, so um, in my I went to performing arts high school. Um, I was a fine art major, and in my last year of high school, I had a baby. 
So I have a daughter that is 32 years old. A lot of people don't even realize. She just turned 32. Uh, the day before, the day after Fashion Week started, the day after Fashion Week started, she turned 32. So I had her in my last year high school. So it was like, go back for a year and a half and finish with a newborn or go to school for a couple of months, take a GED and pursue my dreams of becoming a cosmetologist. So I, that's what I did. Um, because I discovered that I was a natural at 15. By the time I had my daughter, I was ready to sign myself out of high school <laughs> so that I could go to cosmetology school. So yeah, I started, um, cosmetology school at 18 and graduated at 19. Wow. So yep. you, I didn't know that. So you were a teen mom. Mm-hmm. Was a teen mom. Wow. What was that like for you? just graduated high school and then knowing that you wanted to pursue a career in cosmetology, but you had a small baby. What was that like for you? Was it, did you have a lot of like family support and what was it like juggling motherhood and chasing your dreams at the same time? Oh, you know what? Thank God for my family. Right. Because um, obviously I was meant to be where I am at this time, you know, thank you, God. But I had the most supportive family, you know, um, they, really helped me take care of my daughter because it was an insane time. Um, I don't know how many other teen moms or even possibly teen dads are, are listening to this, but having a baby when you're a baby is completely insane <laughs> for lack of a better term. Like it turns mm -hmm. your world upside down. So it's like trying to manage, you know, growing up, and now you have to raise someone else. And then you have these big dreams that seem so unattainable. Yeah, the, the, only, the only word that I could use is insane. It's crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure. So you graduate cosmetology school. T mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit after. What do you do next after you graduate cosmetology school? So when I graduated cosmetology school, I guess, you know, I was so um, driven to prove people wrong, right? So me making it was completely um, rooted in my ego, right? Because I was like, I gave myself two choices, either you make it or you make it. And I never, I know, crazy. Now, now that I think about it, I'm like, this me would have probably been scared to death. Like, what are you saying? Like, but like I said, I was so busy trying to prove to everybody else that, that the teen mom that chose to do hair, as people like to, um, to, to, they like to word it that way. Like, oh, you do hair? I'm like, mm. <laughs> but I wanted to, I, right? Right? You're like, I'm a cosmetologist, okay? Yes, I'm a, I have a whole license to do what I do, right? Like, right. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's all the things. And I'm sure we can get, it, get, get into that during our um, conversation. But I was like, um, I'm not dumb, you know, I'm smart. And this is not default just because I had a baby at 17, you know? So I was like, I'm going to prove it to everybody that I can, that wow. I can make it. So I okay. gave myself two choices, make it or make it. And I never looked back. I never looked back. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so when you graduated uh, cosmetology school, and I'm sure things are very, very different from when you graduated and you have... You can just tell me you have several different, um, you know, ways in which you could take your career. You know, there are people that do traditional booth rent. 
then you have people that'll go to places like JCPenney's, they'll get their, you know, experience in the retail environment. How about you? Where did you start? So I started out as a braider. A lot of people don't know. Like I was like one of the only African-American girls that worked in an African braiding shop because I had a kid to take care of. Right. So I'm just like, listen, I got to go where pe- I'm going to be a guaranteed a salary. Excuse me. Every week. You know, um, so I started out as a braider. Well, obviously that didn't last long. Right. <laughs> I worked there for a couple of months and then had the opportunity to interview for Vidal Sassoon. And we're talking about in the early 90s, I want to say like 1994, maybe 1995. Um, And I went to this mass interview that they usually had, like they had, well, at the time, because I don't know, I think they only have one salon in New York now, but then they had two and it was massive. And I went to this huge interview and wound up getting the job there. And I started out at the front desk and that's where I learned where, how to sell myself and products. And they opened up a world that I never even knew existed in terms of um, hairstyling and how rewarding it could be and how affluent it was as well, being behind the chair. Mm, say a little yep. bit more about say a little bit more about that yeah the world so that I, you entered into yeah the world that I entered into because you know I'm a little black girl you know I'm from the hood I'm from up the block you know <laughs> you know I, I grew up in the the 1980s and, and 90s in a on a drug block you know back in the days I had no idea that hairstylists were walking to their fifth avenue apartments alongside of their clients you know, and, but Vidal Sassoon opened my eyes to that. I think back then, and this was in the nineties, they were banking 20 grand on a Saturday just from salon services. So it just opened up my eyes to a whole new world. That is amazing. It was amazing. So I'm sure being in that type of environment, especially from where you came from, it probably made you dream really really you were like okay this is the thing i can really do this yep yep i was like wow okay so that probably just being in that an environment made a huge difference for you oh it made a huge difference for me but i still just nothing against anyone else but i love us right and um i just love texture and curls and kinks and you know relaxers and flat irons and all the things. And Vidal Sassoon doesn't believe in a lot of that. You know, at that time, their concept was, you know, learning how to manipulate the natural texture without the use of round brushing and, you know, um, all of that stuff. And it was great and it was innovative. Obviously, Vidal is is an icon and a legend, right? But I wanted to step outside of that. So I didn't stay there for too long. It was about less than a year. And then I came back to the suburbs because I'm from Queens originally. <clears throat> so I came back to the suburbs to work in the mall <laughs> and build some some clientele because I wanted to I wanted to do the fly black girls hair. That's what I wanted to do. Okay, so you go to the mall and yep. what was it like working there? So it's so funny. A lot of people ask me like, "Wow, how did you build your clientele in the mall?" Well, I thought about it like 
you know, if I work in the mall, not only could I have access to their clients because technically I'm an employee of the mall, so I could solicit to all of those people. And we're talking about in the mid nineties. Now we're creeping up on the late nineties now and going to the mall on a Friday night was a thing, was a vibe. That's where the guys were looking for the girls. The girls was dressing up. Everybody was cute. They were getting their little Aunt Annie pretzels and, you know, doing a little shopping. So I was like, you know what? I can solicit to their clients. And then I can also put flyers on the cars in the parking lot, right? Because there was no social media then, you know, um, the computer was barely even ticking at that time. So, you know, there wasn't all of, you know, all of this outreach that we have now. It wasn't that easy. So I worked in the mall because I was like, listen, I'm going to build a clientele. And it worked. Wow. So already marketing yourself, putting the flyers on the cars, thinking about how you can strategically utilize the traffic from the mall. So definitely your business entrepreneurial skills are all mixed up in your creativity and adding to your success at such an early age. Yeah. And also with a side order of desperation, right? Because I want to be transparent, (laughs) right? right? Because remember I gave myself that, that, um, those two options, win or win. And then on top of that, I'm a mom. So I have to take care of, you know, a kid. So I, you know, I've, I've never received any assistance, you know, from any, anywhere. Not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I wish I could get some assistance now, child, but <laughs> I, you Look, know. Me too. Ooh, me too. But anyway, ooh. go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. But, um, you know, I had to, I had to, you know, I had to put, you know, food on the table and, you know, clothes on this kid's back. You know, even though I had the support of my family, I still had to be able to take care of them because my, my family came from humble humble means, you know, they, we were just a regular family. So, um, yeah, it worked. And while I was at the mall, um, I met a massage therapist that was doing some celebrity stuff. And I will never forget. He hired me for a job. The Palladium nightclub was closing its doors and Tommy Hilfiger was doing a huge fashion show to celebrate the closing of the Palladium. And it was a big staff that they hired. This was my first celebrity gig. I couldn't have been any more than, I must've been about 20, maybe 21 at this time. And I got hired and we worked with Aaliyah, God rest her soul, and Genuine and Fat Man Scoop and Allure and all of these groups that came out to celebrate the Palladium and also you know, um, walk in a fashion show for Tommy Hilfiger. And after that opportunity, oh, I was hooked. I was hooked after that. <laughs> like, so you Wait. were like this. You were like, this is what I want to do. I want to work I like, like high end. Okay. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Now this is a whole nother genre. You know, on top mm-hmm. of the experience that I had at Vidal Sassoon and at the mall, I'm like, wait. So this is a whole nother um, lane that I could get myself into, but. Um, God put some some ice on this here hotness because it would be eight years before I got my big celebrity client from that moment until my career took off. Oh, wow. Okay. So during the eight-year span, were you still mm-hmm. at the mall or were you just kind of still figuring it out and being a, being a mom until you got to your first celebrity client? Yeah, in the mall, my clientele in the salon was popping. So it was it was great. I actually worked at um, 
you know, Cheryl James, uh, Salt from Salt and Pepper, she had a salon with a celebrity hairstylist and makeup artist, Elena, jo Elena George, at the time. And I was working there. It was like a hot girl salon where all the people, you know, went. And I got a few celebrity jobs through them, of course, you know, here and there. Um, but yeah, it took it took eight years before I got that big that big client that changed everything for me. Okay, so take us to your first celebrity client. Tell us a little bit about that. So I at this time now I'm working at the Hot Boy <laughs> Barbershop. Okay, you okay, know, all, okay. All, all, all the handsome men, you know, of all different flavors are coming into this barbershop. I'm the only hairstylist, so you know, of course, where's this, the guys? There's the girls. There's the girls. There's the guys, right? And mm -hmm. um, there's this cute little girl that keeps walking her dog past the salon where I work at. You know, I'd be standing outside in between clients with the guys. And um, I'm sure she was coming there to see them. She wasn't really walking her dog. But she was like, oh, I'm a singer, you know. And um, and I was like maybe eight years older. So at this time, I think I got to be like maybe 23, 24 at the time. So she's like maybe 15, maybe 16 at the most. So she becomes like my little girl from around the way. And everybody's like, yo, you know, that's Olivia. You know, she's she lives up the street, but she's going to be a singer. So, you know, then all of a sudden I don't see her anymore. And boom, Clive Davis signed her and her record. I'm about to biz ounce came out. And I was like, oh, my God, that's my little girl from around the way that said that she was going to be a singer. So we kind of lost touch. And then a couple of years go by. I have to be about maybe 28, 29. At that time, I had become of my the first, yeah, that was my first house. I purchased uh, my first home um, with um, someone I was in a relationship with previously. And I had a second daughter who is now 20 years old. And um, then I was working at a spa after that. I think, yeah, after I had, yeah, during the time that I had her, I was working at a spa and Olivia found me. You know, I'm about to biz ounce was a hit. Um, she had just got signed to G unit and she is like, sis, I told you when I popped off, like you were going to be my hairstylist. So I started doing her hair in the salon at first. And then she hired me for a G unit gig, a photo shoot with her and 50. And that was it. And wow. I, I think I was about 30 at the time. So I went from praying and begging God, please, 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 please give me that big client. Please give me that big client doing, you know, free photo shoots and trying to get my name out there and, you know, still with the flyers and still with the networking events. And here comes my little girly girl that used to walk her dog. And she literally changed my life wow. in a couple of weeks. So wow. I went from working in the salon and hustling and, you know, being a first time homeowner and taking care of these two girls to um, flying around the world with G-Unit, doing billboards, having my work in Times Square, on the side of um, buses, you know, just doing, you know, MTV concerts, you know, <laughs> and it happened just like that. It, it was given, stay ready, so you don't got to get ready. And, and I wasn't, <laughs> even though I was begging and doing all of that stuff, I wasn't really ready. Wow. So wow. that that's amazing. So what was it like for you going from, I'm sure, the stability of being, I'm assuming, close by 
where you do you're you know working in the salon but you're coming home every day taking care of your family to now you are jet setting what yep. was that like for you um it was exhilarating and it was also the scariest thing ever you know because i i guess i didn't really trust what god was putting in my spirit at the time i was just i was so focused on praying for what i wanted I never really thought deep down on the inside. I never really thought that it, I was going to get it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got it, I was like, OMG, <laughs> this is happening. Mm-hmm. This is happening. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was amazing. Like, you know, flying all over the world was really incredible and opened up my eyes to, you know, a whole nother lane now, you know, outside of all the other experiences I've had up, up to this far. But then I'm glad that um, he made me wait for so long because I definitely would have been some rapper's baby mama if it happened any sooner. <laughs> definitely. Because <laughs> honey. <laughs> oh my wow. God. Wow. So such an amazing career already at the age yeah. of 30. 30. And so you're traveling, yeah. you're traveling around the world with Olivia and, and G unit and you have, you know, two beautiful girls and I've been kind of on speed a little bit up to now. I know that you uh, frequently, you work with In Vogue and a couple of other mm-hmm. notable celebrities, influencers as well. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say about where you are in, in your career now? Is this like exactly where you want to be? You feel like you've experienced enough lanes or do you still have like more stuff that you, you want to do? Um. Yeah, you know, I... I would probably say where I am now, I realized that um, this chose me, that I didn't choose it, right? Mm-hmm. That that um, this was always a part of God's divine design in the first place. And um, the reason why I had all of those experiences the, the way I did when I did was for this moment right here. Like I'm living the soft life right about now. <laughs> I'm living the soft life. Like I for the first time in my entire career, outside of a pandemic, outside of having a baby, I took a little bit of time off from the salon because I'm 31 years in. My daughter, my big daughter was nine months old when I graduated beauty school. So I'm 31 years in, uh, 20 years into my film and TV career. And um, it has been quite the journey, a beautiful journey. It, it hasn't um, been easy, it's had its challenges. And now I'm at the stage in my career and my life where I'm prioritizing um, myself, my mental health, you know, um, my body and my family because I never really prioritized my family before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm in a, a slightly different place now. Yeah, so Gabby, it's interesting that you say that because I uh, I feel very blessed to also have a have had a career in the industry for about twenty years. Not all of that is doing here, but as I've talked to people that have been, you know, like you doing here for thirty something years, mothers in particular, they always are. I get the sense that they're somewhat, you know, they've enjoyed their accomplishment that there's but there's also like a little bit of regret because they feel like they weren't always able to you know go to the field trips and you know be at the performances and stuff like that so if as you look back at that time in your life you know say there's some 
young teenage mom listening or some young stylist missing, what kind of advice would you give to a mom that has big goals and dreams and would just love to be where you are, but they're juggling motherhood and chasing their dreams at the same time? If, if you could do anything different, what would you say that would be? Oh, I don't think I would do anything different. Right. Because yes. I felt yep. like, um, and I used to say I've had many different responses. Like my, I feel like my responses have evolved. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I literally risked it all like for the beauty industry, nothing and no one was more important than the beauty industry. Not God, not me, not my children, not anything. I would mm. tell, um, the dream is going to come because it's yours. It, it can't miss you. You know, it, it was designed divinely for you. It can't miss you. So make sure that you keep your cup full. The second cup is for them. But that first cup is for you. Not them kids, not that dream, not nothing. That's, that first cup is for you. That would be my okay. advice. Okay. So tell me how to do that. How do I keep my cup full? Oh, it's it's a it's a every moment of the day choice, right? Because people say, "Oh, you choose that every day." I'm like, "Are you crazy? You choose that every moment." You know, you you literally have to be intentional with the way you think, the way you speak, and the way you show up for yourself first and foremost. You know, I've I've learned that through a lot of challenges and struggles and mistakes and really shitty decisions. Excuse my language. I don't know. No, it's okay. No, it's out. okay. <laughs> but a lot of shitty mistakes. It's like, I have to choose me. You know, I, I literally have to choose me every single day. It's like, okay, my eyes are open. Thank you, Lord, for opening my eyes. What are you going to do outside of saying thank you? Like, oh, I got to drink some water. Oh, I got to make sure I got to eat. Yeah, I have a laundry list of things that needs to be done for Jackson, for the house, for this or for that. But if I'm exhausted, I'm going to stop. You know, if I need to eat, like sometimes I wouldn't even go to the bathroom. Like, that's why I say that you have to make that choice every moment of the day. Because without you, none of this stuff, you can't create anything. You know, you can't take care of anybody. You can't keep the dream alive if you're melting. But, oh, right, sis? <laughs> oh, no, I, like, I, very, oh. I very much, I very much relate to this because, you know, it, it I, I too, like I'll go all day and I may not eat until like 6 p.m. in the evening. People are like, are you crazy? You can't do that. You're not eating. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's so normal for me to do that. But I think on the days when I am more intentional and I am like, okay, I need to stop. I need to breathe. I need to take a, I like to say, I need to take a mindful moment and just check in with myself. I need to eat. You know what I'm saying? So thank you so much You're for welcome. being a reminder of that yep. because that's very much so describes the life in the day of a hairstylist. You know, it's, it's not like you're in an office where there's this, you have a boss and there's this like structured schedule. You know, it's like clients come in, you're getting them out. Clients come in, you're getting them out. And sometimes in all of that, you get lost on what do I need to do to take care of me today? Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for mentioning that, Gabrielle. Now you've mentioned 
a little bit. And, and part of my um, purpose and intention for creating Hair School is I, I always like to do a little bit of beauty therapy. So as you're thinking about your career, what would you say are some of the biggest obstacles that you've had to come through to get to living a soft life where you are now? Ooh, imposter syndrome. <laughs> that imposter syndrome will snuggle up with you at night and whisper in your ear. Mm. And yeah, I've, I've struggled with imposter syndrome. You know, looking at, even looking at the accolades, looking at the laundry list of a resume, looking at my work, looking at, you know, getting, getting everything that I wanted and then some and still not be good enough. Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's just, that is just crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. Isn't wow. that crazy? Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Yup. Yep. That was the struggle. Imposter syndrome. And I feed the, um, imp- I, I wouldn't say impo- I, I feed the challenge with um, trust you know, trusting that I'm in the right place, uh, trusting that um, I'm exactly where I am supposed to be at the time when I'm supposed to be there. Like, I'll mention it again, like knowing that what's for me is not going to miss me, right? Like that really helps or has helped with the imposter syndrome. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I have to check myself because I'm, I'm one of those people I overshare, you know, I overexplain. And, you know, I think that comes from the detail in our work, right? Um, but sometimes I could be typing this whole long thing and I will look at it and be like, what are you typing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this one sentence is enough. You don't owe anybody anything else than what you got in this moment. And that's good enough. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I know. No, I love that, it. Uh, yeah, that imposter syndrome has been a challenge for me. It's better than what it, it's better, definitely better than what it used to be. So trusting yourself, trusting God, trusting the universe, reminding yep. yourself, reminding yourself of who you are, your gifts, your talent, your skill, that mm-hmm. has helped you a lot with the imposter syndrome. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I always like always like to ask also, what are some of the, beauty trends that you currently love and what are some that you just, you cannot wait for them to go bye-bye? Ooh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the first one, the ones that I cannot wait to go bye-bye. I'm sorry. I don't, I, y'all could come for me if y'all want to, but I am so tired of the baby hairs. I'm so tired <laughs> of those hairs. I don't care if it's the hairs, if it's a tattoo, if it's a drawing, it's a stencil, it's a piece of hair you done glued on there, girl. Like, yay for the creativity, but just no. Please, no. Just set us set us free. Please and thank you. Set us free. And um, the trends that I love is all black everything. Give us all the texture, please, for Z, A, C, B, A, all of it, all of it. I love to see black and brown women on runways in the magazines just rocking their hair, how it comes out of their head with, without manipulation. 
and or with manipulation, whichever one, just to be celebrated for the skin that they're in and the fact that this is our hair and it don't matter what texture it is, what length it is, what color it is, like we rocking and we're not going nowhere. Period. Yeah, I love that because I, I, we are both very excited about the inclusion and di the diversity of just mm -hmm. different people, period. But in particular, being able to see beauty in all shapes, sizes, girls, it's just such a beautiful time right now in the industry for texture and for women of color and many different people of all walks of life. Absolutely. Yeah. I know the girls are going to be mad at me about those baby heads, including my 20-year-old daughter, because, honey, when I tell you she has a swirl for the gods, she has a swirl for the gods. And she can swirl if she likes. I'm just so over it. <laughs> no, honey, I'm with you. And it's funny because when I ask that question, I'm always kind of like, what are you? Not? I'm curious about what people are going to say. For me, it's the baby hairs, but it's also these super, 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 super 4D eyelashes. I just oh. can't wait. I <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. There's also that. <laughs> I, I just can't wait. Um, I, you know, I get it. We want to look like the celebrities. You know, there's trends that we all want to follow, and we want to look a certain way. But I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just can't wait until people go back to, um, just something else. We just need a different trend. I'm just tired of both of them. The baby here is on adults. I, I agreed. Yeah agreed there ain't nothing baby about them i'm like mm. okay i mean i know it's a whole complete hairstyle I, I put some respect on it but at the same time it's like oh gosh are we still here yes i don't yes. i don't think it's gonna go anywhere ever maybe not no, so I pronounced, but yeah it always comes back don't it i, I mean yeah we were doing baby hairs <laughs> you know in the 90s of course you put your little product on yep. here smooth look you will smooth it out just a little bit but i think it's the sh extravagance of it now you know um that's just like oh okay this is this is it's quite a lot it's it's, 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 a, lot. it's a lot yeah um, the girls are not stepping outside without it the girls are girling with those baby hairs okay yeah i guess yeah yeah it's yeah. <laughs> interesting um so gabby i'm gonna close with you shortly but I want to always just check in with you and see what do you have coming up next where can the people follow you tell us what's next for you what are you working on well I know you're in a soft life so you might not be working on nothing but just living your oh. life and taking care of your kids which if that's the case hey that's a big part of your own you know health and wellness so yeah what's going on what's next for you Oh gosh, what what's next is so exciting. I I don't even have it on. I know I'm terrible. Um, but I am about to release a piece of jewelry that I've been working on for the past eight months or so. Um, but I can't wait to share more about that. And um I am going out of the country for work. So um one of my wow. clients is having a dream wedding in Mykonos and I am going to Greece for the first time. So I'm Aww. excited for that. Aww. So yep, um that's what's next. Um this month outside of Greece is a little quiet. I do work on um the show that everybody loves 90 Day Fiance. Cuz you know Hollywood is currently broken still. I wish they just yeah. give these actors what they asking for so people people could just live their life and live their dreams, right? And, exactly, and exactly. stay employed. Oh my exactly. goodness. But um but reality is still um working. 
So um, I I work with Sean Robinson uh, on 90 Day Fiance. I've been doing that show for probably about two years now. I just do the reunion shows with her. So we'll be filming mm-hmm. that right before I head to Greece. And then once I come back from Greece, I'll be releasing my necklaces right before holiday. Oh, that is so Yeah, you got to send me your address so I can get you one. Absolutely. I would love to support and, and show everyone your beautiful, I'm sure it's going to be beautiful work. So Gabby, tell us, um, give us your social media so that people can oh, check yes. in on you as you jet set and go to Greece and work on 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> give us your, your social information. Okay, so I am Gabrielle Corny on all the social media handles, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, even though I know I'm terrible about filming. I'm sorry, y'all, in advance. All my videos on YouTube are old, but I will give you the correct spelling so you guys can follow me. It's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E-C-O-R-N-E-Y. So that's where you can find me. Yeah, thank you so much, Gabby. Thank you for having me, Rachel. You are so amazing. We have to see each other in person. Absolutely. You have to let me know when you come to Chicago, okay? Yes, I love Chicago. Just such a beautiful, you know, just not in the in the winter. I I knew you were gonna say that. (laughs) Woo! Girl, y'all be wintering in Chicago. Y'all be wintering. But wait, Gabby, you you from New York. New York is not y'all winters are not like (laughs) New York be New Yorking. So (laughs) Okay. I love Chicago very much, but Oh, I, I either gotta if I come in the winter, I gotta bring my long john. Cause girl, yeah, y'all don't play. You do, you do have to be layered up when you come to Chicago. Right. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but Absolutely. I love Chicago. Yes. Well, I hope I get to see you again soon. Same. All the best to you, your family, your podcast, all of your endeavors. I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy for you, and I'm so glad that you chose me to come on and chat with you. Thank you so much, Gabby. I'll check in with you soon, okay? Okay, thank you. Bye, Bye. Yes, schoolers. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>Thank y'all so much for listening to this week's interview with Gabrielle Horney. I definitely felt so inspired as she shared her journey from being a teen mom, humble beginnings, growing up in the hood, to now working New York Fashion Week, celebrity clients flying all over the world. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I'm going to leave Gabrielle's social information in the show notes, so please give her a follow, and you can reach out to both of us to let us know what you think about today's interview. You can follow me on all social media at Rachel O Beauty. I'm so incredibly blessed that I get to share and inspire others, and I would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll see you guys next week at Hair School. Class is in session.